0: relax this is toe i'm charlie claus i'm will
1: anderson uh bonus another bonus we were going to have a break yeah i'm doing toe over this christmas period um a hard-earned break from our free podcast (laughs) where we get together and talk nonsense uh but obviously australia is on fire and we have been running a a bushfire fundraiser putting up a whole bunch of bonus episodes of our podcast there was a bonus philosophy with briggs there was our huge uh, bonus toe there is this bonus and we just recorded a bonus uh, two guys one cup a little mini episode of that as well so if you are listening to any of those and you want to donate to um, the TOFOP GoFundMe uh, for the Australian bushfires look to be honest it doesn't matter where you donate donate something yeah. support through whatever channels you can but uh, it's been incredibly generous the support we've had from people who've listened. Yeah. But I will say this: I know there's a lot more of you who've listened than have donated. <laughs> and if everybody who's listened and hasn't donated yet donates one dollar, then we will probably double the amount we've already raised.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. Everyone, uh, we were very uh, cautious in our approach. We knew there was a lot of bushfire yeah. funds happening, and so our we, target was five thousand. Five thousand.
1: <laughs> we, we thought, you know what? We are, we did actually. I suggested 10, ten,
0: and you're like, no, no, no. It's after ha- Christmas. There's a lot of appeals going uh, yeah, on. Yeah,
1: I really did think which was it would be great if we could raise five thousand dollars, and and I was hopeful that we would probably raise ten. And the fact that it, when we're recording this, we've raised over eighty thousand at this stage. Is, the dogs are here to congratulate us. Hello. The dogs
0: have come in with a cake. Hello, dogs. saying well done, toefop. Eighty thousand so far.
1: Hello, hello, dogs. How are you?
0: Well, I think it 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 fulfills a good approach, which is to uh, aim low and over deliver. Promise nothing and over-deliver. fop <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> Promise nothing and under-deliver is normally oh, actually fop. So <laughs> the fact that we have done something that uh, has actually made money and not lost money, as you tweeted, is, yeah. is a business model we could actually take into our own business, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. at <some> so <laughs> we'd like to announce... More money for the Australian bushfires than we ever have for us out of this fucking podcast in the last decade.
0: I love it. After this, we'll start our own appeal, the TOFOP appeal, and we'll set the bar at like 100000 and get no, $20. No, the victims
1: bucks. of the bushfires are going to start an appeal for us. Yeah. They're like, oh, we were happy to take all the money, but you guys need it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is our, our, our second bushfire appeal, yes. but there's been a lot of bushfire talk. Yeah. So we're not
1: going to, we, we want to give you something where you can just have a, Bushfire free. Free ads.
0: conversation. Yes. But if you can go to our GoFundMe, there's a link in the description. Uh, and there's also got a website, tofop.com. There's links that will take you there. Much appreciated. So what should we talk about?
1: <laughs> I don't know. What should we talk about?
0: Okay. Well, what's some pop culture stuff that's been happening with summer? Cats. Have you got a take on cats? Two weeks after everyone oh, else had one.
1: Okay. So, um, no, okay. is the answer. All right, moving on. <laughs> I have not seen cats, but I did see something. Oh, yeah. That I had not seen. Okay. That was, a few months ago, a huge cultural talking point. Yes, And everybody had a hot take on it. Yeah, And uh, my hot take was that I had no interest in watching this movie. And I'm talking about Joker. Ah, No interest. Just right. was one of those things from everything that I'd heard about it, I was like, this is not for me. I like Joaquin Phoenix, but just like Todd Phillips' comments around it and then that sort of weird... Yeah, commentary, like the takes from people that um, I respected were all kind of anti-Joker. Justin didn't love it. Like, Mm. you know, I was, all the people that I trusted and all the people I was hearing things from, um, I was like, this movie's not for me. And I'd I'd read all the reviews. I hadn't cared about keeping like any spoilers up my sleeve or anything like that. I was just like, I'm never going to see this film or I'm just going to see it at some stage without thinking about it. I, I don't care. Yeah. And then we sat down and watched it the other day, and I quite liked it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Maybe because I had such low expectations, but I I actually really found it... like I mean, absolutely, there's massive holes in it all over the place, like massive holes. And it yada, yada, yada's a bunch of things using this sort of technique of what's true and what's not true, Yeah. so that you don't think too much about the logical inconsistencies or the Mm. major things that they... Or the
0: fact that in 1980 someone took a camcorder to an open mic and recorded the whole thing.
1: uh, I mean, there's so many ridiculous (sighs) premises in it when you talk about it from that point of view, which is the idea that some big TV talk show guy would on his TV talk show just show someone bombing at an open mic. That's like... Well, there's an alternate universe. That's the story of the fucking film. This meme-spirited cruel talk talk show show. who didn't even seem to be like in a good movie would be motivated by some, if you wanted to justify that yeah. plot line, he's, there's all these new people coming in. They're doing much more shocking things. Yeah. He's trying to keep up with these new people to keep yeah. his job. They try to do they something. They swear in their act, Johnny. Yeah, I'm exactly. You. And you try to do something that's modern, F this and F that. Modern and viral and just overreach and fuck it up. Yeah. You could find a way to justify that in a well-told story, but they don't even bother. They don't bother to justify, A, that the talk show host would do it or mm. show anything in between him bombing at that open mic and then him essentially appearing two days later on what is... Because is that show the biggest show on TV? If so, how the fuck have they two nights later or whatever it is had time to you know, get this tape of an open mic, play it on the show and then like within that week end up having this guy as a guest on your high-rating show? You don't TV think it moves show. that fast? Because someone had a bad open mic, <laughs> like if it was the best viral video in all time, yeah, you could be on Ellen in a week, no fucking doubt about that. Yeah, but a guy like just did, because doing bad jokes. A but guy it,
0: who, but it was 1980. People hadn't seen like the Star Wars kid yet, or the dramatic Chipmunk, or whatever it is. But like, the,
1: but also the jokes, like the, the joke isn't a bad joke that he told. The joke that he told is a classic old joke you know people used to laugh at me laugh at me when i said that i wanted to be a i don't know who came up with that joke but it's a classic old joke you you know they 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 all laughed at me No, who's laughing now yeah good joke and that's a that's a fine joke that's not like hey this guy's telling this terrible joke that tonight show host on his in his intro monologues would tell jokes of that stuff if he's in a right yeah okay
0: but isn't it the equivalent of australian idol or american idol We'll have an episode where they show people coming out who are clearly deluded, thinking that they can yeah. sing Van Halen and they can't. Yeah, Isn't but those the- people
1: have signed up to be on American Idol. Yeah, like, right, right. American Idol don't just go around to karaoke <laughs> nights, videotape people, and then just roll out Simon Cowell to burn them on TV. Yeah, and then invite that person on the show to what? Be a guest. Just be mean on the show. Just be mean to them. Yeah, that doesn't really happen, does it? it makes no sense. So did that? Okay, in the movie does any of that happen? Because no, there's know. a reading of that movie where none of that happens. Where yeah. that's all... Because the the plot line with his romance around the girl and, and yeah. her daughter, Yeah, clearly none of that happened and he possibly killed them. Or yeah. did he fantasize about killing hey them? Hey girls,
0: sorry, we're trying to do a podcast <laughs> here. They're having <laughs> a you, wrestle. You can't, you can't hear it, but the dogs are throwing down. Like... I see Joe Rogan to the side commentating on this.
1: I mean, it is... French bulldogs do wrestle in a way that is very MMA. I mean, it's 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 brutal. I got to say, I'm a little intimidated by yeah. your dogs right now. They do a lot of sort of cr- the
0: crouching, and yeah. then can you can you guys hear this, Mike? i maybe just crank up the room sound so people can. This is crazy. Like we're in the middle of a dog fight right now. Will has any podcast ever broadcast live from a dog fight? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Ramona seems to be playing, she's foxing, and now Winnie's
1: getting down on the ground. <laughs> Winnie's scratching her face on the rug in some sort of what I imagine is meant to be an intimidating move. Oh,
0: this looks like a break in the rounds. They've oh, yeah. both gone to their corners to catch
1: their yeah, breath. they have to rest. <laughs> okay. They're having a little, are right. you? Look, yeah, yeah, because you're puffing. <laughs> you are so out of breath. I mean, imagine if suddenly we had a massive spike in this episode, and because- the reason was that people love who dog love fights. dog fights have, have not been getting. There's people who love like ASMR and dog fights. <laughs> and the thing that they really wanted was some audio, some just faint audio of dogs <laughs> fighting. And finally they found the podcast for them.
0: Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I think I feel like the majority of people feel that joke. I'm ambivalent about it. I think it's a really amazing lead performance. But just all the other stuff to me, it just felt so heavy handed. I loved the way it looked. I thought, and I know was, you, you again, don't give a shit about this, but I thought it looked beautiful.
1: No, well, I thought it looked beautiful. Yeah. I thought the colors and the way it was shot, yeah. it had a real a aesthetic, gen- a, a genuine, and that was part of what I found compelling.
0: Mm. I just found all the kind of, um, all the uh, uh, illogical plot moves and, and everything about it. I just didn't feel engaged. And also, and I'm not the first person to point this out, why call it Joker? Like, it has fuck all to do with every portrayal of the Joker to this point. Like, I just didn't think... Well,
1: I mean, you call that Joker to get a billion dollars worth of box But offers. I
0: think I would have found it much more interesting without that. If it was just a study of a guy in 1980. If it was more like The King of Comedy or, you know, Mean Streets or, or Taxi Driver. All those films that they're kind of homaging.
1: Yeah, I actually think I'm... I, I think I'm the opposite. Really? I think after watching it, and I think I've said this well, before, guess is what, what I've kind of always said is I'd much prefer now, like, you know, because Marvel are doing their big, you know, interconnected universes and those sort of things. But the idea of just going, let Wes Anderson make a blah, blah, blah film and let so-and-so make yeah, And just let them have their own takes on these things and the Jokers can all be different and they don't have to connect in different universes. Like, make another Joker movie and just let somebody else tell a joker story if well, they wanted to do that I, but
0: I, see but I feel like they had their cake and they ate it too because they
1: well that's did... the perfect scenario isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like don't judge them for doing like whatever to and do. not eating it well yes. I just sort of feel like they
0: would bring in some mm. joker mythology like the way the joker mm. you know can motivate the disenfranchised and stuff but it just to me didn't that that movement seemed to happen so quickly and and they seemed so directionless and what are they angry at? like the one percent or I don't know it just
1: well that's why well I think- what was
0: his doesn't the Joker have a pathology and an ideology like an anarchist ideology I, the, where was the master plan where like he just sort of he was like Mister Magoo he just kind of bumbled oh, through I
1: absolutely agree he's not like the the interpretation of the Joker that I love
0: is the yeah, anarchist is
1: that yeah but is that that Nolan Heath Ledger yes. For me, that's my kind of ideal that's Joker. That's the pinnacle, me too. But now that I've seen that done, and yeah. I don't need to see that done again, having this take on the Joker didn't take anything that away from that to me. I was like, ah, oh, he's a really different version of yeah, what this Joker is. This is kind of in some ways a much more scary person to me than the Heath Ledger Joker, because the Heath Ledger Joker, despite the fact that There was something behind it, despite the fact that, you know, he he would say that there wasn't. There was. Mm. Whereas this guy was like clearly a mentally ill person who couldn't tell the difference between, you know, Mm. truth and... And I can't tell at the end of the movie. And normally that would bug the shit out of me. Mm. Normally I'd be like, well, what are the stakes of this movie? Why do I care about this movie if all of it could be in his imagination? Because I think there's a read of that movie where you could go... Maybe the fact that you can't logically explain how he gets on that TV show or how those people follow him means, I guess that, if it's all fantasy. means that it could be all fantasy. Normally that would bug a, the shit out of me. Yeah. Except in this movie, for whatever reason, I think perhaps it, his performance, I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm happy to... So, you, so it sounds
0: like you bought the premise. And the premise is maybe this all means something, maybe it all means nothing.
1: And that didn't annoy me in the way yeah. it normally would. Yeah, right. And I think that's because... See,
0: uh, that, didn't, that, that element of it didn't annoy me, the reality. Like, you know, cute twist and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. There's just something about it. Just, and again, not the first person. I've, I shouldn't have listened to the Weekly Planet. <laughs> because no, no. I
1: mean, this is way after... like
0: is Sunday Movie says, too much dancing. And I'm like, fuck, like another dance sequence. Like, I, I just felt like there was too much dancing.
1: Yeah. Whereas I kind of felt like...
0: Not enough dancing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was like, where's Gangnam Style? Where's the Macarena? Where's the Nutbush?" bush? Um, no, because I kind of, what I was enjoying, and maybe this is also the difference between watching it in a cinema and watching it like on the couch, you know, in the middle of the day, not really expecting much, mm. was I was sitting on a comfortable couch, you know, I'm watching something that I'm finding really visually pleasant mm. to watch, and I liked watching him dance and I didn't feel like I was in a rush to do anything else. It's like, if he wants to dance yeah. again... There's
0: two guys I watch dance. Yeah. Him and Bruno Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Amy, I'll show you. Will gets up and starts <laughs> trying to dance. Keep <laughs> <Hip> snaps. He <laughs> falls to the ground. <laughs> ah! Damn you, Joker. Another victim. <laughs> you um, criminal mastermind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it'd be great if he was just doing it to arthritic people. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I didn't... It wasn't an unpleasant experience, but I just sort of... I
1: thought I would hate it. I yeah. really honestly it just, would thought I would hate it and I did not hate it,
0: it. Well, fuck. I mean, it's done so well and people love it. Obviously, like, you know, there's. there's it's it's not a bad film, but I just... And also, I'm happy... So it wasn't to, my flavour of ice I'm cream. I'm to it wasn't watch... wasn't my flavour of ice cream, you did. I'm dig? happy
1: to watch those. Like, I can't imagine necessarily <sighs> watching it again. Yeah. But I, I was really glad that I watched it once. Mm. And... I think that... I mean, he is... I mean, he that performance is incredible. incredible. And that is probably... You know, for me, I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. I'm seeing an incredible performance yeah. about a character that I have some interest in yeah. and a world that I have some interest in. yeah. Like, I'm more offended by, you know, the idea that, like, to me, Thomas Wayne isn't fucking around. Yeah. I don't, you know, but I'm like, if I, I'm in the universe where, you know, this is the way the Joker's evolution happens, mm. then I'm also in a universe where... You know, maybe Thomas Wayne's fucking his mate so or whatever she was. He's if you
0: if if you love this idea employed. of like every new um, filmmaker bringing you know their, this is their flavor yeah. of it, this is their signature. Would you want to see a sequel? No, or do you think I enough like from the this fact world
1: that the, that stuff was just in it? I like yeah. didn't need it to be more in it.
0: Yeah, you don't want it to be Gotham, and I don't want to see this.
1: He, I don't want to see this Joker fight Batman. will yeah, be like, like that's just bashing, Batman, like bashing a, a yeah, an old mentally ill man like it's not really what i'm looking for
0: yeah he is amazing and what i love is uh every interview i've seen with him like it's so funny because every interviewer is approached it the same way which is like how do you get into that mindset and he's like it's actually a lot of fun on set we're just joking around and, and laughing a lot He's going It wasn't like a serious it wasn't a serious thing like this idea that you have to be method to get into it like it is a I mean, I don't know. Is there a med- I mean, I is, think there, that's an, is there is there a condition spent where those
1: two years living as that like playing deranged character yeah. <laughs> for that movie that he's done it, saw. he's done so, method. Yeah, but was it that
0: affliction that he? I had, mean, if
1: if that's your case study, if he didn't do method on Joker and it made a billion dollars, and he did do method ah, on yeah, that other film which that, bombed. which nobody ever saw. like,
0: so why the fuck was I working so like, hard? This is
1: just, this is a much better life.
0: There was a hilarious um, moment where he was on a talk show. I can't remember it was like a big talk show. I think it was like Jimmy Kimmel or someone like that. And they said, uh, "And Todd Phillips, director oh. of Joker, did you see oh, this?" Oh, "I've seen this." "Yeah." So he said he's, he sent us this clip, and it was some B-roll yeah. of him getting ready for a scene and asking for quiet, and he couldn't concentrate. And yeah. he was just No,
1: It's if you haven't seen it, it's not. It's worth. It's not good out for you. That in the middle of this interview. Jimmy Kimball like it feels like he's got this great bit yeah it's going to be hilarious we were talking to Joe Phillips you know he knew you were going to be on the show he sent through this link you're like oh here we go yeah let me ask you Joaquin do you remember Uh, this It's like shut the fuck up, Tony, and prepare for the scene. The, well, the bit was even like as he, they were about to introduce it, there you could always t- already tell Wakema was a little bit like, Nah, hang on, what? Yeah, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be anything bad. It's yeah. going to be something fun. Yeah, if the director sent it through, it's going to yeah. be something fun. Todd Phillips, director right. of Old School, exactly. The
0: Hangover. Yeah, <laughs> this will be a wacky frat boy prank, I'm sure. But
1: it's not. No, it's just it's him being a bit mean spirited on set. <laughs> And it's such an uncomfortable moment because Joaquin's just like, Why did why did you play why that? did you play? <laughs> like why? why did Todd Phillips send it? Uh, yeah, and what, why did you play it? At
0: no point did anyone go, you know what, this is not funny and he seems kinda yeah. grumpy. <laughs> right. Like, why is this funny? Well particularly as Joaquin in earlier in the interview had just said, Yeah, we're laughing all the time and it was ha ha, ha and it's like, Oh, we're gonna see one of those like bloopers.
1: No. Well, I guess maybe that's the modern-day equivalent of the th- thing we're having a quibble with in the Joker movie, right? Yeah, right. which is the idea of playing something on a talk show.
0: You think Joaquin's going to go back on Jimmy Kimmel and shoot him in the head? <laughs> Spoilers.
1: <laughs> Next time he's on, he's backstage, and he's like, one more thing, Jimmy, when you introduce me. Can you call me Joker? And then just comes out and shoots him in the face. Um, yeah, it was weird. Guess what? what? I am method acting, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah. I, I
0: fooled you. Playing the Joker was it me actually yeah. method acting for this Joker.
1: Yeah, I inceptioned you. Yeah. This is the sequel. Yeah, he shoots Jimmy Keeble in the face and screams, This is the sequel.
0: <laughs> Great marketing. Great marketing. They'll go viral in no time.
1: Fuck, man. It, I'm glad you saw that because I watched that and I was like, what just happened?
0: Like So awkward. I can't believe they put it online for you to view. I mean, I, was, I guess they have to put the into in. Yeah. Up. They're probably contractually obliged. But,
1: but also sometimes you make more fuss about it cutting it out than you do leaving it in, you know? Yeah. But um, He
0: was genuinely uncomfortable and said as much. It
1: ago. was one of those moments where calls were made after the oh, show oh
0: I had exactly like, the same thought he walked out the publicist yes. in the green room he's like what the fuck, fuck just happened what was that get
1: Todd on the phone yeah Todd's already called yeah. Todd. oh no because no, it's pre-taped so they wouldn't know so Todd's it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon Todd's, Todd's just waiting to by called. the phone huh and he's saying, <laughs> so like, like, now go. Keane's gonna this'll be great <laughs> He's, he's having a
0: meeting in his office. Everyone's on the board table. And he's like, you know. And uh, so I think, uh, wait a minute. Call from Ukraine. Uh, hey, I'll put this uh, on speaker. speaker. This will be
1: good. You're, you cut. Yeah. You, you fucking cut. You, you know what you'll be doing in Hollywood next? Due date two, motherfucker. You. Yeah. Shit, man. It was really, really You're going to feel
0: like you had a hangover when I beat you over the head with my golden globe.
1: I'm going to kick your ass old school. Oh, it would be great if Joaquin wins the Oscar and then uses that opportunity to... Um, beat to, Todd Phillips to, over the head. Todd Phillips to death. And then go, Oscar. this is the third film of The Joker, dickheads. <laughs> this
0: is the third film. And <laughs> 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 so Joaquin just goes around...
1: Weirdly, they've let him go to the Oscars despite the fact <laughs> that shot he shot Jimmy, Jimmy
0: Joaquin Phoenix just goes around murdering celebrities and claiming
1: (laughs) it's the next this is the sequel (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah he might win the Oscar which means it'll be two jokers two Oscars does Um, that then become the most coveted role in, in history Oh. Which makes it even more amazing that the only person to fuck it up is Jared Leto.
1: <laughs> well, normally it's a queen, right? Right. I bet there'd be a couple of queens that have won because, like those, you know, Queen Elizabeth are a or a queen. Something. Has Sherlock Holmes ever won an Oscar? I wonder what category. Like, sorry, like what character has
0: won the most Oscars? Has won the
1: most Oscars.
0: Maybe with uh, that. That's oh, a really I'll interesting it. question. What like? How, what do I say? What character has won the most Oscars? Yeah, or it's going to
1: be hard to find it, I reckon, just because. What portray? Uh, what
0: has there been a multi? Has there been a character played multiple times? It's won Oscars. Hmm. Yeah,
1: we're not going to be able to answer this. You keep talking. I'll okay. So, um, so okay. So if Joker wins, let's just say that. Let's follow that yeah. through. So he wins for Joker. It's the second time somebody's won for Joker. Uh. Does it become a coveted role? Yes, absolutely. So there was Jack Nicholson Joker. Yeah. And was Heath the next Joker after that? There wasn't like a dud Joker in between, was there? So Jack Nicholson didn't win an Oscar for for playing the Joker. No. Um, Heath Ledger won a post, post... What do they call it? A, post, a posthumous. Posthumous. Posthumous, posthumous uh, Oscar for playing the Joker. Joaquin phoenix wins for the joker yeah i think it does i think
0: it then becomes a and so then yeah does joe leto how does that call to his agent go <laughs> well he won a razzie so <laughs> i mean of the performances like you're talking about oh I just like i want to see something different if that
1: was different what did you think i mean it's weird that i guess what the because has joaquin phoenix won an oscar before yes walk like, hard oh okay
0: johnny cash Right, okay. Um, At the end of filming, he shot Johnny Cash <laughs> and said, this is the sequel. So I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, in
1: 12 years, that's going to make like a lot this, more sense. Because bit... <laughs> uh, I was going to say, because Jared Leto had already won an Oscar, so yeah. he was an Oscar winner who played the Joker. Ah, oh, that's where he fucked up. I Jack know. Nicholson Oscar winner, was an Oscar winner who played the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um. But Joaquin Phoenix, was it? Because oh, no, my theory was going to be yeah. that you need to have not, won. have not won the Oscar before you play the Joker.
0: Yeah, which would be, that's the that only works for Heath Ledger. So you, yeah, you have not won an Oscar and
1: died. And okay. And then you'll win it. If, so if he had, oh no, he, he wouldn't have. How about this? Every, is it right to say that everybody who's played the Joker on film has won an Oscar? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 In a movie. Yeah. So everyone who's played the Joker in a movie has won an Oscar. Has won an Oscar.
0: So, right. So, oh yeah. That I guess if you're doing like an algorithm, that's the caliber of actor you're looking for.
1: That you're either going to win an Oscar for your portrayal, or that you've already won an Oscar.
0: So they almost Warner Brothers almost need to protect that character and not on sell it to like TV and stuff like that, where some guy who's not going to win an Oscar, like David Boreanaz or something, as the Joker. So that way you can keep it as like a that way you'll have actors always clamoring to play it. You'll get whoever you want if you ha- keep it the prestige of it.
1: Um, okay, Oscars, Oscars for Batman versus Oscars
0: for Jokers. Uh, okay, noms for Michael Keaton, and Birdman, but has never won. Nom for um, a, uh, what's a face played Jim Morrison, Val Kilmer, he was nominated, but yeah, never but he won. won.
1: Christian Bale has he won?
0: Yes couple of times. A
1: couple of times, okay.
0: Yeah, he makes up for the other two
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, good for you. <laughs> oh, you play Batman, but you never won an Oscar. George Clooney won one for directing, right? Or for what was his... Did yeah. he win for directing? I think it was directing, yeah. yeah. Good Night and Good Luck or whatever.
0: Hmm. Uh, and then who's after... Who's Batman now? Oh, ben Affleck won Oscars. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. So okay. that's a bit of a
0: mixed bag, but that tends to be
1: be interesting to see. It, who's, it's more who's, in a latter end. I would like to do like a Clooney statistical on. count to go, who's won more Oscars, Batman or Joker?
0: Well, it's interesting. Because that would be... Batman has been betrayed more times. Yeah. So it's, he's almost at a disadvantage. His average is going to uh, be smoothed out. Uh-huh. But if you take it from Clooney, from Clooney onwards, every Batman actor was an Oscar winner at some point. And if you take it from uh, Heath Ledger, it's the same thing. Heath Ledger...
1: Well, uh, yeah, but as you are saying, Letta. there are... So what are your four Batmen that we're going to put into this mix for Oscar winners? From,
0: uh, well, we put in George Clooney, Oscar yeah. winner. We put in uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. And do we need one more? Yeah. And there's only three Jokers we're talking about, though. Uh, oh, no, because we've got Nicholson. Yeah. Well, we have to take Michael... We have to take Val Kilmer, who was a nominee. Does yeah. that... See, Michael <laughs> Keaton and... And, and they'll come with them nominees. Like, does that count if you're a nominee? No. You've got to be an Oscar winner. Well, there would probably... You just say the caliber is higher for Jack. Yeah.
1: It'd be one of those things that if there's a... Well, if there's a ranking, if there was a tie at the end, like a countback system, yeah. you'd go to nominations. But yeah. nominations wouldn't count initially. Yeah.
0: And Jack would kill him anyway. Yeah. Because he's had like second most nominations. Oh,
1: ever. exactly. You don't want to go to nominations against the Jokers. No. Not Jack. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense, but that still speaks to quality, like of those two roles. I mean, if you compared Lex Luthor's to Superman's, like what do you got? Kevin Spacey, Oscar winner. You got uh, Gene Hackman, Oscar winner. Um, That little nerdy kid from the social network, Oscar nominee. (laughs) Superman, Christopher Reeve, do not believe he's been ever nominated. Brandon Routh, I'd be amazed if he's been nominated. And Henry Cavill, never been nominated. So your villains are going to be better actors. That's what we're working out. That's what a Hollywood math is telling us. Um, riddle
1: me this, and I don't mean the Riddler, but... Um, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Well, is he? Is yeah, one of us. For the he? Truman Show, did he? No, nomina- nominated. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you watch a Joker-style movie about any of the other characters in the... Batman Universe so if Todd Phillips was like instead of doing a Joker sequel mm. I'm going to do a Riddler movie or I'm yeah. going to do a Penguin movie or something would you watch that? So it's Like a, same so sort of same world period, same sort of take but not
0: early 80s late 70s yeah. grimy New York type yep. vibe um, um, yeah I don't know I don't know what character would suit that world like would because the thing is you'd be slotting a character into that world whereas maybe that sort of like saturated technicolor nightmare suits the Joker but if you're going to do like a penguin who's you know, well, that's, like a okay. mafioso type.
1: But that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be connected, connected. It doesn't okay. have to be the same city. Okay. It can be... of oh, that, that same time period? But yeah, yeah, same time period. But like, uh, yeah, the Joker and the penguin don't have to be the same age, right? Yeah. So you can just, yeah, do whatever timeline, you know, maybe the Riddler movies, you know, set in the 90s and not in the 80s, or maybe the um, penguin movies before the Joker movie, who knows, you know, whatever you place those people on the on the timeline and you make a movie that isn't necessarily set in that universe, but is in that same sort of thing where you go in the same way as we took a universe. Yeah. That so you could say five, the five years
0: later in Chicago, mm-hmm. a young gang, uh, no, a middle-aged gangster called Oswald mm-hmm. Cobblepot takes over like, you know, uh, a, an Irish gang or something right. like that. And yeah. you just tell that. story. Yeah. And then you make that like good fellas. Cause yeah. you just rip off every month. <laughs> <film. laughs>
1: yeah. Todd Phillips. Just get, here's my pitch. I'm going to take the greatest uh, comic book heroes and I'm going to combine them with Martin Scorsese movies. It's a good idea.
0: So so then you do Last Temptation of Christ, Superman. Superman is captured by Lex Luthor and he is like, let's, you know, Todd Phillips doesn't work in subtleties. He's nailed to a kryptonite cross. And in his moments before death, he thinks about his life and how things could have been different. And so he thinks about maybe if he just turned his back on being Superman and lived a life at the lowest Lane, what would it be like that had kids? If he just lived a quiet life on campus, this is good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what other Scorsese films? Casino. Would- so you do Goodfellas for Penguin. Penguin, yeah. Uh, what's Riddler's sort of characteristic? What's Riddler like? Psychotic serial killer, I guess. He's got a
0: pathology. So you could do like a Silence of the Lambs. But what's, uh, oh, Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Batman has put the Riddler away, and he's out on 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 uh, yeah. out of prison. He's all tattooed up. You know that scene with Robert De Niro. He's all but when 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 Batman put him in prison, he was a skinny little guy, and now he's come out. He's read every book. That's why he's kind of the Riddler now because he's just totally verbose and obsessed with kind of riddles and wordplay and that kind of stuff. He's got wordplay all over his skin.
1: No, yeah, this is really easy.
0: <laughs> Give me another Scorsese film. Um,
1: what about we do the Irishman, but with Bane? So he's an I old haven't con- seen it. Have you, have you not seen it? <laughs> no. Old, I mean, essentially, De Niro's are like, it's kind of, it look back at the life of a contract killer. Right. Kind of things weren't as, you know, it's kind of a Scorsese, like, you know, looking back on his own career. Right. You know, saying, are these people really heroes or is it really sad if you make it through? Yeah. And so, like, an old Bane sitting in a nursing home, sort of <laughs> reflecting on, like, you know. The fact that maybe he'd wasted his life <laughs> killing people, <laughs> contract killing people for a living.
0: Well, you'd probably get Tom Hardy back for that. Like, if you did it in yeah. a super serious, like... Yes. Bane is no longer this jacked up kind of revolutionary. He's just like, with it, maybe he's in a wheelchair or he has to walk with a walking frame because yeah. of all the steroid abuse. Because when
1: you're Bane, you don't expect to live forever. Yeah. Like, it's an interesting movie if Bane lives forever. Yeah. And he's actually on one of those respiratory devices <laughs> that covers his Ironically. face. Ironically. <laughs> But he's one of those old
0: blokes that you see in a nursing home who has a respirator, but also a cigarette in one hand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, the wheezing's just from the cigarette. If he just gave that up, he'd be fine.
1: Um, What about... uh, What else another... So there's Casino. Uh, Casino.
0: That's another sort of mafioso, high roller. What's the story in that, really? I mean, who's like a DC character who's kind of like a high rolling... Oh, what about, like,
1: you could do a kingpin... um, yeah, but, like,
0: it, but it's only DC, right? Or he's saying saying Martin Scorsese in any comic book character?
1: No, King, Kingpin's DC.
0: No, no, he's Daredevil.
1: Oh, you're right. He is Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Sorry. What has Martin Scorsese done? Is something, has he done something with fish? Can we get Aquaman in there? Um, he did uh, the, De- well, the Departed, which is like a procedural oh, thriller
1: about... Yes, and undercover. So
0: you have someone in the Justice League yeah, who's a rat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I like that. What about The Color of Money? It's like, yeah, because it's... Oh, like, I'm
0: saying we can't get like Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can license him off Disney. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Color of Money. I know that'd be. So it's about an old dude in one last, one last Hustle and the and the young hotshot who's got a mentor. Yeah. Batman and Robin.
1: <laughs> well, it could be though. Yeah. Or it could be Why like is a Batman. Batman could, but he's got to be playing poor in be a full like a, Batman. It could be a yeah. Batman Razal al Ghul sort of, like, yeah, you know, or Razal al Ghul and Bane, or some or like you know, yeah. some sort of, you know, mentor and master and apprentice, master and apprentice. Yeah, gangs in New York. Can't remember it. It's set in the olden days. Isn't yeah, it? Bill the Butcher, Wonder
0: Woman. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, she goes back in time yeah, again. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for your pitch, Todd. <laughs> Your last one made a billion dollars and cost $55 million. So we green light them all. Aviator.
0: Perfect. I have, about how have it Hughes, never seen it. That Howard Hughes. Mm. Bruce Wayne. Okay. A billionaire, young billionaire's obsession. You know, can't get take his mind off the fact that his parents were killed. becomes more and more housebound and builds a cave and all that kind of stuff.
1: I mean, imagine if Todd Phillips is like, I've hit on the winning formula. Yeah, totally. All we have to do in Todd Phillips's office, there's just a list of characters. Like we just went there yeah. and then a list of Martin Scorsese movies and they just move them around <laughs> on the whiteboard until they unlock the magic formula.
0: Well, Scorsese was attached to Joker at one point. Now were he was a, or executive producer, something like that. I think there right. was some kind of, what do you say when you show deference, mm. you know, cause it was such a, clear homage to his films. Well,
1: also, if you're going to, uh, you know, rip someone off completely, you might as well chuck them a buck. (laughs) It's like, it's an homage if he's involved and it's stealing if it's not. Do you think there's a lot of people who loved it
0: for the fact that they had never seen, like younger kids, I imagine, wouldn't have seen Taxi Driver or...
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why all this works.
0: So to them, it feels like fresh and new. And it's like, I started thinking about what were some films like that when we were younger, like Ghostbusters or whatever, that our parents were
1: like... It's just bloody Archie and Ver- Betty and Veronica
0: or <laughs> something like that, like some 1950s. Well,
1: wouldn't they be like everything was The Honeymooners, right? Yeah. Every single modern-day sitcom from The Sim- Simpsons through was kind of The Honeymooners. I
0: did have an old man say to me, uh, an old man who's like in his 70s when he saw 8 Mile, mm. and he said, it's just bloody, uh, it's just James Dean all over again, <laughs> which is
1: kind of true. Yeah. Like Rebel Without a Cause kind of thing going on, the disaffected teenager. Yeah. Just bloody James Dean. Well, this is better than like doing a shot by shot remake. You're just like, you've got to. What I really liked about the Watchmen TV series was it felt like instead of them trying to do a TV series about the graphic novel, Mm. they did something like if you were going to, if you were making that graphic novel today, but reflecting today's time and making it through today's medium, which is television, what's something in the spirit of it? Yeah. And so. It worked for people who'd read the graphic novel, but also I think just worked as its own sort of separate, complete piece of I loved it of work. I thought it was amazing. I loved it. Like I actually, and think the more it's... that I think about it, the more that I yeah. loved it, and the cho- lo- a whole bunch of the choices they made in it. I, I loved it, and it was. I'm so glad I persisted with it because the first two episodes, I it was like, makes you earn it. Yeah. I reckon it takes four. Yeah, I reckon it takes four episodes because you start to go, "What do like? Fuck is going what is on?" Going on? <laughs> yeah, and. Why is this different? Yeah. Like Amy couldn't get a handle on it just because she was like she likes things to have some sort of consistent yeah. style yeah doesn't and want she, a mystery box she, she doesn't like mystery boxes but I thought this mystery box was not too many mysteries mm. they didn't clear them all up mm. they cleared enough of them up that you could think about it and and have you know fun with it but ah. also also I felt like at the end of it that it I got some sort of resolution for what I wanted no I thought it was
0: yeah i love it. I, yeah i actually i think the last three episodes was of like i haven't felt that way for show sure in ages because Gemma and i've been traveling around a bit and i got to like episode six and then seven and i was like i was anxious to get back to it like we never were in one place long enough i kept getting my ipad out but you know i've got a baby as well and so it's like i when i actually i think when i finally got around to it, it was like 1 a.m and i had to go in the other room and put headphones in and i was so excited i was like I haven't felt that way about a show in so long and then had to go straight online afterwards and read every theory. And I loved it. I thought it was so well, good. You should
1: listen to Justin Hamilton's podcast, a big squid podcast. It's excellent. And Justin, of course, um, you know, does way too much research and goes yeah. way too deep. Well, on first time I
0: ever met Justin or one of the first times I remember we we're talking comic books and he says, I can tell you about every single panel in Watchmen and what it means, and what went into it, and the backstory behind it, and stuff like he loves that shit.
1: Yeah, and it's a great podcast. It's like it is, it's genu- I was listening to it what, before I was even watching the show, and it didn't really spoil anything because the show's so dense that. Actually, having, so having listened to the podcast occasionally, I'd be watching episodes going, I don't think I'd be understanding what's going on, except I've already listened to the podcast where they explain what's going on. Yeah. So it didn't spoil it at all. It actually just, I was like, ah, yeah, okay, I get who that is or what that's meant to be. Yeah. But also just some of that information around the truth in it, the, you know, the, the riot that actually happened and the way that that became such an integral part of the story. Yeah. Again, that's why I thought they were like, instead of going, let's pay tribute to the graphic novel by yeah, what Zack Snyder did, which I get where he went. He loved it. And so he kind of made it bigger and better and shinier. And like, that's what you do. You make it into a movie. And so, Mm. but it lost the spirit of what it actually was meant to be as a piece of art in the first place. And I thought that this TV show, like, looked at the original material and went, what was it about? What was it trying to do? What were the things that it was commenting on? The state of comic books at the time, it was a commentary on that. This became a commentary on, you know, superhero films, which is our version of what was going on there. Mm. Yeah, I just thought it was like it was so well thought about. Yes.
0: Yeah. And just so many payoffs. Like so much stuff that, like you said, it it made you earn them. And but the reward was so great. It was like I'm just amazed a show like that got green lit. I guess HBO and streaming, like they, they, people need to take risks. But I imagine reading that first script, I would have just been like, I mean, watching it, I was like, duh, like, I, what is going on? And being impatient to kind of get answers. But it's just beautifully structured. And I just, you know, I mean, we'll talk spoilers now. So everyone who doesn't want it hasn't sent it yet. All right. Uh, the reveal of Dr. Manhattan and what they did with that. And then, I almost made me cry that last episode. That I, I love the concept of him as a as a being being in all time at once. So being able to access and sometimes getting lost in what time period he's in, and that idea of knowing there is a finite end to your relationship, but still going ahead with it because in the end you'll just move around to the best parts of it. Like I thought it's such a powerful metaphor for. But like,
1: also that idea that if you are experiencing both your birth and your death, the best moments in your life and the worst moments all at once, then the idea of going into something that might end badly Mm. is like, yes, but there's so many other things right now happening that are bad as well that, yeah, you're experiencing all these things.
0: Well, it's it's the inevitability of it. You know, like what are you fighting against? What are you holding on to? Like, you know, I think he even says to her, like, you know, everything is going to end like it, it just it just does and just i just thought it's such a beautiful they were, and a lot of restraint they didn't do like a couple of little flashbacks just to sort of like for the people in the back but i thought they were really good at not overdoing that and just making you make the thematic link between characters or the literal link and
1: but it actually paid off the stronger the continuation of the story mm. how the original graphic novel influenced the modern day story actually paid off stronger than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Like early on, I was like, I'm fine with the fact that it doesn't really seem particularly connected to the old story and the old world. Mm. But as the new show went on and created its own world, you also realized how much it was connected to the old world. So you could enjoy this new story without knowing the old world. But if you did have an appreciation of that old world and that old story, I think it gave you like a great extension of that 100%. world and that story as well. I mean, part of me is like, oh, I think Alan Moore should watch this. I think he would quite like it. I, Justin mentions it a lot on the podcast and people bring it up, but I really think that he would too. Yeah, totally. If I had made something that that other people went away and made into this, I think that regardless of any of the bitterness that you have around, I think this is the sort of, I think the people who made the TV show did the sort of storytelling that Alan Moore doesn't think exists anymore, yeah. And I think it's a pity that he, if he does, never see it because the very thing that he's disappointed about about the industry, and the very thing that made him write that you know book in the first place and what it was meant to be about, I feel like this TV show did that. Like even the fact that it wasn't a streaming show, yeah. And So it wasn't one of those things that you could the binge. fact that you had to. I mean, you can now, mm-hmm. and I binge the last few episodes, but. I was listening to Justin's podcast in real time, and even that appreciation of having to wait for that week to, you know, find out yeah, the the solution to that mystery to live with mm. whatever that cliffhanger was at the end of the episode, and think about it for a week before mm. it was resolved. You know, the streaming model means that you can just flip to the start yeah. of the next hey, episode and find out tell what me what's happens. going on. Yeah, yeah. 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 And thing- so that's why I think it's revealed because I did watch a bit of it binge. Mm. I think it's revealed itself to me more and more the more that I think about it because. It is a show that is so dense in meaning and and you know the story that it's telling. Mm. It is very complicated, even though sometimes it felt really simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just and I just thought beautiful uh, introduction of characters and the way that they had enough of like you talk about the Joker and like why make it a Joker film, but this is what I am talking about. Beautifully acknowledged the world, but then you know so you had Silk Spectre in it and you had Ozzy and got to say Jeremy Irons. American accent. Like, he talks like this when he's doing American accents. Like, I'm going to... Just play English. I mean, Ozzy Nandias could be... have an English accent, right? I just didn't like the way he had that I'm doing an American accent now and I'm going to kick your ass because I'm Yankee doodle dandy.
1: I've said it before and I will say it again that I'm not a massive <laughs> Jimmy Lyons fan. And I think this this probably... Because like, I, was, I was pretty much of the opinion, much like Jai Courtney, that while they might be great actors... They've never been in anything good. Yeah. And the very fact that Jeremy Irons or Jai Courtney is in something means it's probably gonna be terrible. <laughs> but this has disproved my rule because
0: it is good. This is a really good show. And I love that storyline too. I love I love just the weirdness of it. Amazingly. Yeah.
1: Amazingly. And then just that at the end again we're in spoilers, but at the end where like suddenly that realisation that he would have to pay for the crimes that he had committed like the genu- like that real world consequences of it that it was no longer him just playing around with this idea of you know yeah. theoretical you yeah. know people's lives but there was some real world consequence it was not I just did not see that that was the direction it was going to end up in it bit, felt like yeah. it was always going to stay in that fantasy world and i i loved that as a resolution of that as well yeah no i thought it was great
0: um we should probably wrap it up because yes. i have to head to the airport yes. so once again uh we have a gofundme of bushfire appeal we've uh, uh, raised quite a bit of money so far which has been great but we always think we can push it a little further um if you have uh, already donated thank you so much if you think someone might want to donate and might be into what we're talking about send in this podcast we also have done a bonus two guys one cup philosophy uh, a couple of Willosophies up there as well. Um, there'll be a link in the description below. You can go to our website,
1: tofop.com. If you want to support us... Oh, yeah, I'm doing stand-up tour. In fact, um, uh, it's Tuesday in Sydney. I will be at the Sydney Comedy Store doing my What you Talking About Will show, which is a completely improvised night of stand-up comedy. The weekends are sold out. I would say come on Tuesday. And part of the reason is... I, yeah, it's nice to have a full first night, let's be <laughs> honest. But the second reason is with the, stand, with the improvised ones... I always think that the first night is kind of the most creative because by the second night, I'm not know, trying. <laughs> no, you know what happened the first night. Yeah. So there's this. Your brain starts to go. This is what it's meant to go like. Or this yeah. is how it will operate. Whereas the first one is genuinely blank slate. So um, it's always fun to come on the first night. It's a seven o'clock show. You can get home early. Adelaide Fringe with well informed. Oh, Brunswick Picture House uh, from Feb 10 or 11. Uh, doing well Informed, Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Will Legal and What you Talking About Will, uh, all on sale now. And then gigs right around the country, comedy.com.au. Come and see a show.
0: And if you want to support our shows, you go to patreon.com forward slash Tofop. We've just put up some new artwork. Uh, Everyone relax. The Tofop-inspired comic strip is back. Uh, James Fosdyke, who has been slandering me online of late. Slandering publishing fake nudes, I've got to say, fake nudes of me as a reward for people putting money into the GoFundMe. If that's your your thing, fine. Just put some money in and then look at your dirty pictures. Look at your dirty pictures of me photoshopped onto some ballerina's naked body. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's a new Everyone Relax up there, which is a hilarious tale about David Boone. There's also heaps of uh, full-length videos from the show, behind-the-scenes stuff. Lots of good stuff. I'm Charlie and I'm a This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you.